0: at the Annunciation by Gabriel the Angel in Luke chapter 1. This is the passage where Gabriel comes to Mary and announces the impending conception and birth of the Christ child. We were beginning to look at what it meant to Mary practically to be highly favored. We certainly have seen that being highly favored didn't mean she had some inherent goodness. Highly favored status is something that comes from God, it is grace bestowed upon those who don't deserve it. It was also a calling for her. She was going to be the mother, the earthly mother, of the Christ child. We think about that in terms of the exalted status that would give somebody, but in truth, a calling like that is not always easy. In practical terms, it means a life of difficulty and hardship, and in her case, rejection and ridicule in some cases. Join us today as we conclude this sermon about being highly favored, and we see that through all the troubles of life that she endured, ultimately, she was vindicated by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And ultimately, whatever calling is upon our lives, we will be vindicated by the resurrection. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. that highly favored status that call to service is not always uh, exciting it's troubling Moses when God went to Moses in the form of a burning bush can you imagine being there and seeing that burning bush you know can you imagine the, the awe and the, uh, the the fear of God that it would inspire and, and yet when God said Moses this is what I want you to do Moses said I don't know about this, Lord. <laughs> go read Exodus chapter three sometime. He's like, "What?" Well, but 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 yeah, I can just see him. But I, I I can't speak. I can't talk. I Lord, you want me to do? This? And he was looking at a burning bush. Right. You would think that with a burning bush in your face and the heat coming off of it, you say, "Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready to do it," because I see your glory. But even in the face of the glory of God, Moses was reticent to go. He objected to his own worthiness. He was afraid to go. It looked like fear, you see. This highly favored status initially looked like fear. It looked like rejection. Think about this now. We read about it, oh, praise God, Mary this and Mary that. We love Mary, right? We, we pray, praise God for Mary. You know, some people worship Mary. We don't worship Mary. But we do esteem her very highly Amen. because the Lord said she was highly favored. But her own husband, her own husband, rejected her initially. What does he say over there in Matthew 1? It said, said, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. It says, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now she knew that that was true. But notice what Joseph did. Joseph, her husband, being a just man and willing, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. You know, the one she was gonna be the closest to in life initially rejected her. I mean, and think about it, it made sense, right? Yeah. Who'd ever heard of such a thing? I know it had been prophesied, but a lot of prophecies had been existing for a long time and nobody ever thought they were gonna to apply to them. Right. <laughs> you know. It's always going to happen to somebody else. Uh, well, some virgin is going to conceive and have a child and you're going to call his name a man, but surely not my wife. <laughs> no, 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 no. This couldn't be. This is I, I'm going to have to put her away privately. Very, you know, this is something very important. Not just for preachers. OK, not just for those that are called to the ministry, but it's important for each of us individually. Remember as individuals, remember this. Very few people ever answered God's call by committee, by committee. You know, I struggled with that. I struggled with that not so much in the call to preach, but in the call to pastor. I kept thinking, well, if this is the right thing, then God's going to make someone else be okay with it. And I'm, you know, and I just kept struggling with it. But you know what Paul said? Paul said in Galatians chapter uh one i believe it is verse 15 he said when it pleased god who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that i might preach him among the heathen in other words this is the call for him to go preach he said immediately i conferred not with flesh and blood that doesn't mean you can't run things by fellow preachers or fellow children of god it's not mean you you know in the multitude of counselors their safety but ultimately child of god the calling in your life is between you and god between you and God. He said immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went, up, went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again in Damascus. Notice the operative word there. But I went. When God sent, I went. <laughs> and that ought to be our, our attitude. That ought to be what we do. Our attitude ought to be that when God calls, we're going to go no matter what anybody else says. See, that's what happened to Mary. She, the, but, but her highly favored status looked like, to her, it felt like rejection. Her own husband was going to put her away privately. Of course, we know the rest of that story. The angel came back and told Joseph, don't do that. So, so Joseph was convinced. But it also looked like ridicule. It also looked like ridicule. Turn with me quickly over to John chapter 8. Later on. Now, remember, all the time of Jesus' ministry, his mother is hanging around there in the shadows. I mean, sometimes she's in his presence, sometimes she's in the crowd, sometimes she's back home, but you know she's getting reports. And listen to what these Pharisees said in John chapter 8. Now, we're not going to go through the whole chapter, just understand he's preaching to some, some people who are not children of God. Okay? He calls them out. And he's telling them things like this. He's saying, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. You're trying to kill me because you're of your father. You do the deeds of your father. Verse 41, that's what he says. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him, listen to this, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Now, I believe that's a, I certainly, I'm sure it's talking about more than just this, but I believe there were some in that crowd. They were pointing out the fact right. that the rumor was going around that Jesus' mother had an affair with a Roman soldier and that's how he was born. In fact, that rumor, that lie, was promoted in the late second century by a Greek philosopher named Celsus. He made up this story that she'd had an affair with a Roman soldier named Panthera and got pregnant and even the Jewish Talmud Claims this as well. They call him Yeshua, the son of Panthera in the, in the Jewish. They tell that to, the, to this day, you see. See, these people were ridiculing Mary. That's, that's what, high, what is highly favored status. What does a call like that feel like? It feels like ridicule sometimes. Right. Amen. They were putting her down. She was this loose woman, woman of loose morals. And that's how we got Jesus. And Joseph was just a good man who took him in, you see, and raised him as his own. I want to tell you, beloved, sometimes that's the way it is. Jeremiah was told in Jeremiah 7 and verse 27 to go preach, and they're not going to hear you. You ever think you've ever been ridiculed? I've been ridiculed for... The stance I take on the word of God. I've been put down because of, I had a guy hit me one time when I was a teenager. because I wasn't being quite as loving as I should be, I'm sure, in sharing the gospel. But I had a guy hit me one time for sharing the word of God with him. Jeremiah says, thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. <laughs> thou shalt call unto them, but they will not answer thee. Over in Isaiah chapter 6, where... Isaiah saw God high and lifted up, seated upon his throne. As after he finally, uh, uh, he said, well, "Here am I, you know, send me." And, and of course, first he, he knew he was unworthy. But the angel touched him and touched his mouth with a burning coal, and and made him to, uh, you know, freed his lips so to speak, to where he could go preach. God said, "Go and tell this people, hear indeed, but understand not. See indeed, see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes." And hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. (laughs) Now, Now, understand where we are. Isaiah had just said, you know, the question was asked by the angels who shall go? And Isaiah said, hey, here I am, send me. He'd already experienced the calling of God upon his life. And then he heard this you go tell the people, you hear but you don't understand. Your hearts are fat, your ears are heavy, your eyes are closed. So he asked the question, naturally, it's like, what have I gotten into? (laughs) So then said I, Lord, how long? (laughs) So so you're telling me i got to go preach to people that have closed ears and shut eyes (laughs) and hearts that are fat and not interested in the things that you want me to tell them. So how long? And this is what God told him. Until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate. You know what he, he's saying there? He's saying, Isaiah, you're just going to have to go preach till there's nobody left. Preach until everybody's gone. Preach. You know that means, what that means? That means you might have a big crowd. You might have a couple of hundred people. I know of some preachers, Primitive Baptist preachers, that have preached to crowds that big. It also means you might just have one man. Right. A eunuch, maybe, out in the desert. You know, Philip was preaching in a great revival in Antioch. People were getting baptized right and left. Man, I love those days. I love those days. I love it when we bab- baptized seven people one time. What a blessing it was. I, hear, I heard about our dear friend, Brother Martin Agnani, who baptized 80 people one day. Isn't that glorious? But you know what? The man of God must be willing to preach to the hundreds and baptize the many, but he better be ready to preach to the one. Amen. Preach to the, And sometimes that's what the calling of God feels like. It feels like, Lord, there's just nobody listening. Can you imagine the life of Mary? Because remember, Jesus was crucified when he was probably between 30 and 33 years old. Three decades. Three decades of this she went through. It looked like ridicule. It felt like rejection. And ultimately, it felt like troubles. Troubles. She didn't have an easy life. Because Jesus didn't have an easy life. There were things that Jesus did that perplexed her. When he was 12 years old, he stayed at the temple teaching, and, and they went, thought that he was with other family, and it took them two or three days to get back together, and she even fussed at the Lord. Can you believe that? But remember, she was his mother, and he humbly submitted to her. But he told her, I must be about my father's business. And Mary took, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She She didn't have an easy life. You say, well, boy, it must have been easy to raise Jesus. (laughs) Boy, how easy. Listen, Jesus knew that he was the son of God, and he graciously submitted to her, giving us an example of how we should submit to authority, how young, young people should submit to parents, how we should submit to one another and so forth. But when it came down to it, he was still the son of God. And she didn't understand everything about him. You think you moms out there, you know, are perplexed sometimes by your children. Can you imagine how perplexed you might be if your child was the son of God? And then she was there, see, throughout Jesus' life. She was there when the Pharisees sought to kill him. If she wasn't there, she at least heard about the time they were going to cast him down headlong off the cliff. Can you imagine the time she said to Jesus, son, be careful. Just, just be careful. You may I worry about you, son. Can you imagine the worry that she had? She was there when the Pharisees sought to kill him. She was there when the people cried out, crucify him. She was there when the Roman soldier nailed him to the cross. She was there when he hung from that cross as the very life's blood dripped out of his body. What troubles for that mother that she would have experienced. This is the highly favored one. This is the woman who was highly favored. What troubles it felt like. You know, Paul was told by Ananias. Well, God told Ananias to tell Paul what great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So what did, what did the highly favored status, what did it do for her? What did it do to her? Well, I want to say to you, beloved, the calling of God will disrupt your plans. Amen. And it will disrupt your life. It took Mary places. She never dreamed she'd go. It changed her life. You know, and there's a sense in which any time a young woman becomes a mother, it changes your life. But think about what this particular motherhood did. It, it would uproot her from her home in Nazareth of Galilee. She would ride into Bethlehem on a donkey. She would flee to Egypt in the night. She would face the fact that her son was different, and she would ultimately find herself weeping at a cross, and then a few days later rejoicing at a tomb. <laughs> what a life. What a life. It changed her life. It changed her focus. This disrupted her life completely that day. She went from planning a wedding to preparing for a baby. She went from loving and, and, and looking forward to being with Joseph to defending herself to her husband from a normal childhood because she was still a young teenager to a divine mission, a divine mission. It changed her focus. But beloved, as we all know, and as she was told and experienced, her highly favored status, not because of her, but because of what it implied, changed the world. Changed the world. Her calling, not because of her, and not because of something good within her, but because of that holy thing that was conceived in her, changed the whole world. What more need I say about that? <laughs> it changed the world. It was the ultimate. The, the, it was the uh, complete fruition. Of God's redemptive plan. Right there. See it was the. If you want to think about. All of the things in life. And history as a, as a wheel. With spokes coming into a hub. The cross is the hub. All the spokes come out from the cross. You know even. The electing grace of God hinges upon the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. The ultimate resurrection of the body, of these bodies from the graves, hinges upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see. I want to go to one more place as we bring this to a close. As we think about this young lady who was highly favored, not within herself, but by God Himself. The last time we read about her that I've found in the scripture is in the first chapter of Acts. Over in the first chapter of Acts, right after the ascension of Christ back to heaven, in verse 12 it says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode... Now listen to this. I, this, is, this is a roll call of faith right here. I believe it's probably the last time all the apostles were together, at least that we read about. It says, They came to an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. This is the last view we have of Mary from the scriptures. And I just want to leave you with this thought. Remember, this is a real person. And I want you to think about that day when she was told that she was highly favored. And from that time as a young teenager to this day... All the troubles that she'd experienced, all the trials, all the ups and downs, all the struggles, and ultimately the resurrection. I can just see her sitting there with a sweet smile. All of the slander, all of the rumors, all of the whispers behind her back about, yeah, she says that this was the Son of God, but we know what really happened. She has now been completely vindicated. Because you know what vindicated her? You know the proof of whether she's lying or not? is whether when Christ died, he rose from the dead. <laughs> and he has now risen from the dead. And now she has been completely vindicated in the minds of all those who doubted, at least all those who have now understood that he truly was the Christ. Because you see, ultimately what it means to be highly favored is that not in this life necessarily, you'll have no troubles. You'll have problems in this life. You'll have struggles in this life. You'll, you'll go through troubles and trials and tribulations in this life. And things, there'll be good days. There'll be wonderful days. There'll be low days. There'll be mountaintop experiences. There'll be valleys that are so deep sometimes you can't see the sunshine. But one day, vindication will come. Resurrection will occur ultimately You will be vindicated. It will be shown that indeed God is who he said he is. Amen. And you have indeed been highly favored. And by the way, you remember I told you about that Greek word that's translated here in our text as highly favored. That Greek word only appears one more time in scripture. It's found in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. Where God has just told us that we've been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. We've been predestinated under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. And he says in verse 6, it's to the praise of the glory of his grace. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. That word making us accepted is that same Greek word that he called Mary highly favored. Isn't that glorious? Isn't that glorious? We who have been born of the Spirit, are likewise highly favored. May we never forget the blessings of being called by God. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com.